Chapter 13 of Dave Dashaway Around the World by Roy Rockwood. This is a LibriVox recording, and all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter 13 An Exciting Moment. Yes, there is smoke and fire behind it, cried Hiram. And see, the wind is changing. Phew! The biplane boys had been so engrossed in their own affairs that they had not noticed until now that a dense, high-up vapor had gradually clouded the sun. All of a sudden, however, some new current of wind drove the smoke downwards. As it struck the hill, it wound around it like a veil. It came so thick and fast that it began to choke and blind them. Filmy cinders and a growing heat in the air were to be observed. "'See here, Dave,' spoke Hiram. "'Hadn't we better get aloft?' "'Look at that now,' chimed in Elmer, pointing across the broad surface of the hill. The three young aviators stood quite spellbound for a moment, witnessing a new and novel spectacle. The top of the knob was covered with a great growth of dried-up weeds, fine and fibrous. From time to time, as the branches dropped away from the parent stem, they had rolled or were blown part way down the hill. Great masses in the aggregate had lodged on shelves and crevices among the rocks. Now the sweep of the strong breeze had suddenly arisen, and the suction of the hot, swirling air moved these accumulations. They blew over each other and together. Gaining a momentum, here and there rounded masses began to wad up and grow as they progressed in their mad course. I have heard of those, said the young airman. They are called tumbleweeds. Snowballs, shouted the excitable Hiram. Look at that now. A blast of hot air sent a perfect shower of sparks and smoking filaments over the brow of the hill. These ignited the rolling spheres, some of which had become gigantic globes. At one time, over a hundred of the strange rolling balls were set aflare. Fireworks, added Elmer. It's a pretty sight, but woof! A great sphere, all ablaze, landed against the speaker, burst like a fluffy thistle down, and scorched him slightly. All aboard, ordered Dave sharply. Don't waste a second, fellows! "'Yes, high time, I'm thinking,' declared Hiram, making a run for some cooking utensils he had been using in preparing their lunch. The comet, as usual, was in perfect shape for a speedy flight. Dave, at the pilot post, his assistants in their accustomed places, a touch of the self-starter sent them off on a sharp tangent away from the hill and across the tinder-like fields of weeds.' "'Just in time,' spoke Hiram, as they arose to a higher level above the crest of the hill. "'There's a grand sight for a fellow, if there ever was one.' 
each of the aviators was enwrapped in the vivid panorama beneath them far as they could look south north and west acres and miles of flame-swept surface greeted their vision by this time the sparks had ignited the swamp a solid wall of flame seized upon the dry stalks with a roar the hill was now the center of a glowing cauldron of fire that was pretty quick remarked dave we were lucky to get warning in time in places where little thickets beneath them were burning entire sight of the ground was shut out for the heat or smoke they were now too high for the heater smoke to reach them the fire however was of considerable extent and even on the distant horizon there seemed no end or beginning to the great conflagration they passed over a long lake it was shallow but at that spot the body of water had presented a barrier to the immediate forward progress of the flames see spoke hiram the fire is eating around the edges of the lake to the other side dave he suddenly shouted there's a house yes and it's on fire too echoed elmer the lake was about half a mile wide its beach was lined with clumps of flags and reeds these had fed the flames around the body of water in two directions at the south end of the opposite shore of the lake the fire had entirely surrounded a small cultivated patch with a rude log cabin in its center this structure was blazing fiercely to the west and the far north the fire was sweeping in great strides licking up everything that came in its path there was just one space between the onrushing and the backing up section of the conflagration this was a little stretch of beach as they approached it the young aviator made a veer with a biplane that told his companions of a sudden change of purpose what is it dave asked elmer quickly don't you see replied dave there are a woman and child down there gracious shouted hiram why so there are she's running for her life no she stopped now she stepped into the water she's wading in dave dave do something it was truly an exciting situation all three of the boys now saw in plain view the forlorn fugitives of the fire a woman terrified and frantic was visible she carried a young child in her arms apparently she had just come from the burning cabin behind her a rushing wall of fire pursued west and north a half circle of solid flame told her of impending doom she ran out into the lake but there she faltered not ten feet from shore it seemed that she realized that she could not get far enough beyond the fringe of flags to escape the fire and she stood rooted to the spot in helpless despair we have a bare five minutes before the flames reach her 
said Dave, his tone a trifle strained and unsteady, but determined. "'Fellows, we must take her aboard.' "'Can we land all right?' questioned Elmer. "'We've got to, even at a risk,' replied Dave. "'It means a big added weight,' suggested Hiram. "'Something has got to go out.' "'Lighten up the best you know how,' directed Dave rapidly. It was no careless trick to land. Dave strained every sense and nerve to carry out the projected rescue safely. Hiram and Elmer knew the part expected of them. The former reached back in the pocket or compartment containing their equipment and supplies. "'Help me, Elmer,' he said hastily. "'Toss it out!' and he dragged a can of water within reach, and his companion sent it whirling over the edge of the machine. Two out of four heavy rods, duplicates of a part of the steering outfit, followed, then a large bag of sugar. Hiram selected from the food supply articles that could be readily replaced at the first town they might reach. "'That will do,' he announced, just as the comet sailed downward, struck the ground, and glided to a stop. End of chapter 13